for many of you who had to deal with me. And uh, again, I sincerely apologize for the, uh, you know, for all the stuff and things. Uh, I uh, feel a lot better than <laughs> voted not to re- said. We elect him, then they have to spend money to do. Uh, yeah. uh, you know. Oh, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep. Streaming live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or translator, hello and good morning to you, FM translator, in case you were wondering. It is the Michael Duke Show, and it is Monday, and... um, Wow. Uh, just, uh, wow, man. It's, uh, it, it's another week. We're here already. Um, and I appreciate you guys coming in and joining us. We've got some discussion for today, uh, that, um, well, it might, it could potentially melt your brain. I'm just saying, um, I'm just, just, uh, it could potentially melt your brain. That's, that's all I'm saying this morning. Uh, yes, I do sound better. Thank you. Uh, I am still, um, I'm still on the recovery phase, uh, feeling, uh, feeling better for sure. Uh, thank you so much. Last week was a rough week for many of you who had to deal with me. And, uh, again, I sincerely apologize for the, uh, you know, for all the stuff and things. Uh, I, uh, feel a lot better than what I did last week. Although I will say that, uh, I have lost a portion of my taste and smell, which is, uh, boy, I tell you, really makes eating a lot less joyful, doesn't it? I mean, just, uh, ugh, God, what are you eating? I don't know. I don't care. I can't taste a thing. So it doesn't matter. Uh, <clears throat> I'm hoping that comes back pretty quick because, Man, that'll suck the joy right out of life, won't it? You drink your coffee and you're like, I can't taste that. Oh, man. I mean, it's just, it's, I could just be drinking hot water at some point. That's the worst part. That is the absolute worst part when it comes down to that. Uh, Yeah, bacon doesn't, I couldn't even smell bacon. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's, I mean, and that's a, that's heretical right there when you can't smell the bacon or the coffee. It, um, yeah, it's a, it's a hot, hot, hot mess. Um, all right, but we are getting into it here this morning. We've got some stuff to discuss. I'll be honest with you. Um, coupled with the fact last week that I was, you know, 
uh, I mean, basically was in the dirt for a couple days and I didn't get anything set up for guests today. Um, you know, I'm just like, wow, I, I really got spoiled having all those guests kind of lined up and ready to go, uh, and to talk about things. So we're gonna have to work on this today and tomorrow. And then hopefully by Wednesday, we'll have, uh, We'll have some new guests. Maybe some of the legislators will be willing to come in and talk with us about this organization because it is, uh, wow, wow, man. There is some interesting stuff going on uh, with that, which we're going to cover here in just a few moments and talk about. Uh, We're also going to open up the phone lines today because, uh, you know, we had a few calls on Friday that were mostly regarding guns and, and stuff like that because it was Firearms Friday. I mean, no no big deal there. But uh, it's been a while since we've just sat down and did a kind of an open line, open form. So we'll do that uh, as well throughout the show this morning. <clears throat> and um, and we'll have uh, we'll have some discussions about your thoughts uh, post-election, especially after I go down what's happening over the organization. Now, uh, occasionally we'll see legislators pop into the chat room here um, on Facebook or on YouTube. So maybe we can get them to comment on this again today as well. Uh, we'd love to hear kind of what's uh, what's going on from their perspective. Um, but it's a super secretive process. Yeah, that's what we're told. The whole thing is being held very close to the vest. Nobody really wants to... Uh, uh, nobody really wants to make waves or give us any kind of insight into what's happening into our own uh, into our own governance. I mean, that's kind of a bummer, but that's where we are right now. So we're going to uh, be talking today about the organization of the state and what's happening. And we'll talk a little bit about the two potential lawsuits that could have an effect on um, what's going on. Uh, the two lawsuits, of course, are the eligibility lawsuits that uh, both David Eastman uh, is facing in the Matsu and Jenny Armstrong is facing in Anchorage. Uh, those two, those two lawsuits could uh, make or break the difference uh, in how the legislature on the House side splits up, um, and I find that. Uh, I find that very, very interesting um, that once more, uh, David Eastman is going to be the pivotal uh, component of this um, as he has been in the past. And that's a, uh, well, it's going to be interesting to say the least. So we'll be <clears throat> talking about all those things coming up tomorrow on the program. We're going to have uh uh, Brad Keithley and Chris Story. I'm sure Brad will give us the, well, the good news. The good news! Uh, the Really, the breakdown as to everything that's going to be happening um, and how it's going to be, uh, how, it, how it's going to be, I guess, no, let me put this, let me put this the right way. What the ramifications are going to be. I guess that's what I was looking, that's what I was looking for who and how and everything, uh, are, are gone. Um, <clears throat> and now I just saw in the chat room, somebody wants to know if we're going to do our recipe contest this year for Thanksgiving. Um, i sure, uh, we have the last few years, we've done the recipe contest every year for the best holiday recipe. 
Um, I'm not opposed to it, Bill. I can, I can do that. We'll see if we can, uh, we'll see if we can get all that squared away and we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, folks, we're, we're 10 days away from Thanksgiving. Ten t- <laughs> I was just, how did we get, I don't know. How did we get here? I have no idea. We are 10 days away right now from Thanksgiving. I don't know. I just, it just seemed like yesterday. It was July, 4th of July. Now it's Thanksgiving. And that means we're what? Five weeks away from Christmas? My God, I haven't even done my Christmas shopping. All right. So there you go. There, there you go. That's it. All right. So, um, I guess we just, I guess we just start. I guess I was just going to look to see if there's any, oh, um, I guess we could talk for just a second about the lawsuits. Although I should give you some background. Uh, let me, let, let me just, okay. So reverse it, rewind it. Let's start again. The Senate is currently making plans for a bipartisan coalition. That's what they're saying right now. Since uh, Tuesday's election, there's been a flurry of text messages, calls, and getting-to-know-you meetings, according to uh, Sean McGuire over at the ADN. Senate Democrats held an in-person meeting in Anchorage on Wednesday. They wouldn't tell anybody where it was being held because secret. Members of a potential bipartisan House coalition also met in Anchorage on Wednesday in another secret meeting. House Republicans met online for team building. The Senate, though, they are crunching the numbers. Plans for a bipartisan majority coalition are already being discussed and have been under discussion since August. Kodiak Republican Gary Stephen, Stevens, sorry, didn't mean to unpluralize him there. Gary Stevens has been the leading candidate for Senate president. Now, he held that position back in 2009 to 2012 when he led another bipartisan coalition. So this is just, you know, more of the same right now. Now, he said on Thursday that it's a little premature to make an organizational announcement that one could be made in the next few days. That's because there are several seats that are still kind of up in the air. But you could see exactly how this is going to work out. 20 members to this 11 is the minimum that you would need to do that. But at uh, 11, that's a little too wishy-washy. It's a little too, uh, what did what McGuire say? Inherently unstable for a functioning caucus. Because, you know, you could have one member that could hold the whole body hostage with 11. So what they're really looking for, they're looking for like 13. Now, that could mean, because I can count, that could mean that the bipartisan coalition would be in charge and the conservative Republicans, they'll be in the minority. There'll be seven of them. That'll be it. I mean, God, I hate being right. I just, you know, there are just certain things that you just, there you go. I mean, that's how it's going to break down. 
Divergent policy goals could pose a challenge when setting out principles to rally around. Some prospective caucus members are focused on delivering a large PFD, others on not overdrawing the permanent fund. You see, the thing is, those things are not mutually exclusive. You could still deliver a large permanent fund and not overdraw the PFD and still not overdraw the permanent fund, but it would require you to to redraw the lines in government spending, which, of course, apparently nobody has an interest in. I mean, we do on this program, and, you know, this is the echo chamber of this program, but most people out there apparently are just happy. How do I know that? I mean, look at Eagle River. Kelly Merrick, who is a, she, if you had asked me to spend money and bet bet real American dollars on a race, I would have said any race that Kelly Merrick returned to, I thought would have been an immediate loser for her. And yet here she is. She's well ahead of the conservative Republican, Ken McCarty. I would have, I just would have never, ever thought that she would have gone back. I would have thought it would have been a little closer. I mean, I thought the race would have been closer, but I would have never thought that she would go back uh, and have any real chance of going back. But apparently, yeah. She's currently part, obviously, of the bipartisan House Majority Coalition. She was, in fact, one of the reasons why the last House bipartisan majority was able to form, because she defected over away from the Republicans into that side of the field. And then, of course, we've got a few of the uh, we've got a few of the other surprises. The Jesse Bjorkman um, versus Tuckerman Babcock race, where Babcock was, you know, he's he's trailing. Bjorkman is solidly in the lead. And so you got now potentially Senator Kelly Merrick, Senator Jesse Bjorkman. That's two right out of the top of the two more conservative portions of that coalition. We haven't even talked about Roger Holland and Kathy Giesel yet. That race is a hot, hot mess. Uh, you could see exactly when it came down to um, um, to to that race, which is currently a, a three-way race. Uh, what is that? Is that uh, seat? Uh, no, that's. I'm just trying to remember which seat number that is now. I think it's seat. Uh, no, no, no. I'm peeling through these here real quick. Uh, there you go. So you get Kathy Giesel, Roger Holland, and Rosalind Casey. So it's a three-way tie. It's 33, 34, 33%. So the question is, when Rosalind Casey gets run out on the the second round of voting, where do her votes go? Well, you've seen Kathy Giesel. She's been, you know, rubbing up against Matt Clayman and doing all these, uh, you know, co-sponsored fundraising, bipartisan. She's been, she was courting the vote from the very beginning. So right now it's less than 0.3% separating Kathy Giesel and Roger Holland. Less than 03 34.2 to 33.9%. But you get 31% of the vote going to Rosalind Casey. So how are those votes going to be split up? I don't know. I just, I just, you know. But here we go. 
Uh, Bjorkman describes himself as a common sense Republican with a focus on fiscal stability. He didn't rule out joining a bipartisan coalition on Thursday, but said he would caucus with the majority of Republicans. Well, see, here's the thing. The majority of Republicans now, how do you, how do you, how do you constitute a majority? Either if you've got seven, you know, conservative Republicans out in the cold, but the other half are now part of the majority with the Democrats, does that constitute a majority of Republicans or does it? I just don't know. I just don't know. This whole thing is, uh, this ranked choice voting is really, the knock-on effects of this are so astonishing. We're going to look back on this and whether we keep ranked choice voting or not, I mean, I kind of hope we don't, right? But if we do or not, we will look back on this as being one of the pivotal moments in this century. I think we could say that. In the electoral world of Alaska, I think we will see that that is one of the pivotal moments of the last 50 years. Not necessarily in a good way. All right, we got to continue. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. I'm going to turn the phones on here. We'll be back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, I guess first things first, I should probably turn on the telephones, huh? Shall we turn on the telephones? Yeah, probably a good idea. Um, do this. Excuse me. All righty. Yeah, take your sweet time there. All right, here we go. Okay, we got it. Join, join, join. All right, now we should be good to go. Thanks for calling the call-in line. Yep, we got it squared away. All right, phones are up and working now. And uh, let's go over here and get the phone room set up. Look at that. Boom, 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 and boom. All done, ready to go. Let me go back up here and see what uh, you guys have been talking about here. Uh, all done with Christmas shopping. Thank you, Amazon. I know. Uh, I know it, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Um, I will pull out bill. I don't know if we'll do the recipe contest, but I mean, I could pop that, uh, recipe up there. So I, it's, it's in my, I have it. It's there. We could put it up at the top of the page. I don't know. Is that last time we didn't have too many participants in the recipe contest? I always thought it was kind of fun, but, uh, Apparently, people got stingy with their recipes and didn't like to share their great family recipes with everybody else. I don't know why, but, you know. Um, <laughs> the earth is spinning faster. They're just not telling us. It's the great earth spinning faster conspiracy. 
that Rick has got going on. Um, all right. Uh, good morning from Kodiak. Crunch the numbers. Crunching the numbers, saying goodbye to your PFD. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Republican minority can learn to be conservative again. Well, <clears throat> that would be nice. Um, who are the seven, said Donna. Uh, all right, so what do we say here? So, well, that would include Roger Holland if, if he comes back, which <clears throat> starting to look like maybe not. So we got Mike Shower. I'm doing my math here. Mike Shower, Shelly Hughes, Rob Meyer. Um, there's a Rob Meyer. Uh, Roger Holland. Um, uh, David Wilson. And maybe is it six? I'm missing somebody, and I can't think of who it is. Well, <clears throat> maybe it's six. Um, really only three, <laughs> says Kevin. Really only three. Would that be Mike Shower, Shelley Hughes, and Rob Myers? That that definitely three. Um, oh, wait, more of the same. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Bjorkman is an NEA puppet. Um... Uh, I think they're going to give us a headache. Good morning from Fort Collins, Colorado. Colder here right now. 23 degrees in Fort Collins. Um, all right. There you go. Yeah, so it might not even be seven anymore. I was just thinking seven, but that included... Who am I missing? Oh, Mia Costello. That's right. Matt Clayman. Yeah, so it might only even be six, and that's a maybe. Ow. Thank you, Donna. The old brain pan still not on all cylinders, obviously, as we're uh, going through here. All right. Um, hmm. Now I got to do the math on this. <laughs> Man, it's going to suck. This thing is going to suck. That's what I'm saying right now. This whole next session... We're going to be on the outside looking in, just screaming at everybody, aren't we? That's all we're going to be doing, just screaming at the top of our lungs. No! I could just see it already. See it already. All right, folks, let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow. Oof. Oof. Well, man, did I just get a wake-up call. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, Donna Ardwin was in the chat room, and she's just like, okay, so who are the seven? Because I said there'll be, you know, like seven conservatives on the thing. And I'm like, well, you know, the, uh, hmm, let me count. And the problem is, is that we lost, so Mia Costello's probably a no. And... Um, 
Roger Holland is a maybe. So what do we so what do we really have this morning? What do we really have as we look at it on the Senate side? What uh what what is going on? We've got showers and hues and Myers, right? Those three for sure. Um maybe David Wilson, although apparently there's some there's some rumors going around that uh, that Wilson may have already jumped ship and j- gone over to the Colt, which again wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at this point. Roger Holland, maybe that's five. May maybe this is this is so. What we're saying here is that. Uh, this is this is uh, this is going to suck. This is going to suck. Now, I heard that a bipartisan coalition has already been formed. I'm heard this is all this stuff that we're talking about here is just window dressing. That they're not going to make the announcement until after the tabulations from Rank Choice come in, because they don't want to get embarrassed by a last minute, you know, flip flop in one of the seats. Um, the bipartisan coalition that I'm hearing about is likely to include, uh, Wilson, David Wilson, Bjorkman, and James Kaufman, who assured everybody that he is a Republican and not going, but you know, how many Democrats as part of this is going to be kind of up in the air, but there appears to be two goals. One is to have a binding caucus. The second goal of this is to apparently isolate Mike Shower and Shelley Hughes on the outside. That's the whole point. The whole point is to isolate those two members and have them and have them uh, on the outside looking in. Well, that just gives me a warm fuzzy. I mean, doesn't it just doesn't it to know that you've got every all these other legislators and elected leaders across the state gunning to have my elected uh, my elected representatives out in the cold? Doesn't that just doesn't that just give you a warm fuzzy? Hmm. Just just think, I mean, if you live in, in the district of Shelley Hughes or Mike Shower, then. You just got to think this whole thing has been has been negotiated and folded and spindled and mutilated to make sure that they isolate your elected representative so that you have the least amount of representation in the legislature, period. I mean, might be less than five, says uh, James in the chat room. They do not, if they don't even get to form officially as a minority, then they don't get a seat on Senate finance. I mean, it just gets better. It just gets better. Yep. <clears throat> well, I'm so glad that Mike Schauer worked so hard to get uh, to get the name recognition and do all that hard work um, to get reelected. I'm sure this will make it all worth it. I'm sure. Doing this. It will uh, make it all worth it. 
Just think. I mean, that one of their stated goals is to make sure that they isolate shower and hues so that they can't do so they can do nothing in the legislature. Wow. Yeah. Nothing to be done about it, says Jim. We are now the minority view. Alaskans have voted. Jim, I guess uh, I guess we're glad we didn't get a constitutional convention, huh? I mean, who knows? We may have had all kinds of weird choices going. I mean, I'll be honest, as I you know, even on straight majority lines, when you had Republicans versus Republicans, I found it uh, surprising some of the races came out the way that they did. I mean, it's, uh, it's, yeah, shocking, shocking, uh, as to what's going on. Anyway, let's get your thoughts on this. 907, 907, three, uh, excuse me, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We want to say thank you to our friends over there at Satellite West who have been kind enough to sponsor the program today. Satellite West, whether you are out in, uh, uh, you know, whether you're in Attigan Pass or whether you're down in Desolation Bay or uh, King Salmon um, or way up in the White Mountains or just outside of Uktavik, wherever you are, they've got the communications that you need to get the job done. Um, whether it's sending an email, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, checking, uh, checking the internet or sending a text message or a phone call, Satellite West, they've got you all squared away. Just go check them out at SatelliteWest.com. All right. Um, phone lines again, 907-433-3150. What are your thoughts on this? The more, the more that I look at this, the more that I realize that this is going to be a total pooper, right? that we are going to be, I mean, I feel like I'm shouting into the abyss, right? And I'm not even getting an echo back. That's, that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff shouting and, and just, I'm not even getting an echo. It's just so broad. It just doesn't even matter. Republican fratricide is what Kevin McCabe says in the chat room. Uh, you know, if I would love to, uh, uh, I, I'd love to get somebody's take on this, Kevin, if you want to call in and tell us what's going on. I, I just don't know. I mean, because now it's not just the Senate. Now we're talking about whether or not the House is going to uh, reorganize in the same way. I mean, it could be that um, they could get a um, a Republican majority in the House, but it looks like it might come down to David Wilson again. I mean, sorry, not David Wilson, David Eastman. They, that's, that's the whole thing. Um, Republican David Eastman could be, you know, that could be the, the tipping point. But again, both Eastman and Democratic candidate Jenny Armstrong are facing their own uh, lawsuits, challenging their eligibility to hold office. If Eastman's allowed to serve, he could be a factor in whether the GOP forms that majority of 21. But some of the other Republicans are refusing to caucus with him, and understandably so. I know he's got uh, he, he's some intractability, some of that faculty stuff going on. But does that mean we throw the whole thing to the wind? I don't know. 
still waiting on uh, the race between Kathy Hensley and, and Andy Josephson, whether that's going to come down. Louise Stooch, you know, she's going to land on her feet no matter where she's at. She's going to be, she's going to be the sought after one because she's the, she's the moderate choice, right? For everything. But you could end up with a, a 2020 split. I mean, it could be that close in the house. So a coalition Senate, a coalition house potentially, or just an even split with nothing else going on. I, again, I'm just standing on the edge of a cliff, shouting into the abyss, not hearing an echo. Rip my state. Rip my state. Um, that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. Kind of where we're at. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sandy in the chat room says, things got to get a lot worse before they decide they need change. Oof. I don't know when you, can you classify worse for me? When you say they've got to get worse, what does that mean? I mean, does it mean absolutely no PFD? Does it mean just an absolute gutting of the PFD? Does it mean a raid on the permanent fund itself where they draw more money down because they need it? I mean, what is it? What it, what exactly is the emergency that is going to, you know, what exactly is the emergency that's going to make Alaskans wake up? I, I don't know. You know, it just turns out that we here on the program are the minority. We are a minority of Alaskans calling for fiscal sanity and an end to, you know, the growth of government and the prioritization of government spend over private sector spend. We are the minority. That's that's it right there. It's a I mean, it's a it is what it is. I just, I, I've got nothing else to say to that. I got nothing else to say other than the fact that apparently that's the new, the new priority is government spend over Uber Alice. Government Uber Alice. That's what we've got to say over here. All right. Um, 907-433-3150. We're going to uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll... See what you have to say. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. Uh, so much for low-hanging fruit on Republicans, uh, bishops and Stevens. Their voting records are just horrible, yet they get back in the margin. Look at where Bishop's campaign donations come from. He's doing fund. He was doing fundraisers in Juneau and Anchorage. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's the the it's those the, 
the system protecting its own. I mean, Elijah Verhagen did all that running around and got all those people, you know, people who were like happy to talk with him and everything else. But, you know, the the bottom line is, is that the money talked, you know, Bishop was able to outspend. He was able to just ignore and override any kind of uh, criticism. The party was complicit in, uh, in supporting the whole situation. I mean, this is a candidate that was censured by his own district. No, no, there's no, uh, you know, there's no repercussions for any of that stuff. So, I mean, it comes to a point to where I just start thinking, well, since, you know, I mean, we're in the minority here. Maybe we should just talk about, uh, you know, maybe we should just talk about books and movies and and music and food. Maybe that's what we should just rebrand the whole show and just talk about that because obviously people don't care. People don't care to get educated enough about the issues to find out anything. And we're, again, just standing on the edge of the cliff, barking into the into the abyss. You know, maybe we should embrace it and just say, yeah, go ahead, spend it all. Spend it all. And when it all crashes and burns, we can be like, well, we told you so. I mean, that'll give us some satisfaction, huh? I mean, won't do any good for our children or our grandchildren, but, you know, at least we could say, I told you so. Right? Oh, man. Yep. Yep. No PFD, fuel costs higher, food goes up, people get cold and hungry, but by gosh, the schools are doing okay. Diving boards are a must. Sure. I mean, yeah. And 12th man on YouTube is right. At least we didn't get Bill Walker. At least we didn't get Bill Walker. So there is a happy lining. There's a silver lining in there somewhere. But I guess, so here's the question. So here's the question. We've been fighting this. I mean, I've been fighting this kind of stuff for 25 years, almost. How do we educate people? How how do we bring more folks into the fold? To have conversations about this, to talk about it. How do we... You know, and the nation, yeah, Jim's right. This is not just an Alaska thing. This is a national thing. Is it that people are so polarized that they were reaching into the middle as a way to try and mitigate the left-right dichotomy? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer. You know, when I... I've seen when I look at things and I see things and I lay them out and I say, this is to me, this is the obvious path. And I try to convince people that that path is, you know, to me, I'm just like, okay, I think this makes sense. And yet in the end, people are like, no, I'm okay with big government. I'm okay with taking all the money that we can spend. I'm okay with you know, taking the PFD and, uh, you know, leaving the oil tax structure untouched and, you know, doing all these other things. I'm okay with that. 
you know, what's ironic is the governor won handily, and yet we've got these other races that are completely opposite. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. Um, the money's come in and spread lies. The PSYOP works as people are goldfish. They quickly forget. Well, true. True. Um, uh, so anyone have a good link for seeing who won, says Ren. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can go to the, you can go to the, 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 uh, state of Alaska website and they've got the list of all the candidates. Um, the current results are up on ADN. They also have a live thing on ADN. I'll post that up in the chat room. You can go take a look at it, Ren, if you want, but there it is. Did the governor help any of the conservative candidates? I didn't see the governor do anything. That's the thing, right? I mean, that's what we've talked about was it would have been nice to see the governor out there trying to support some of the members who could have helped him in his races. But the governor, unless I'm wrong, Donna, did I see, did I miss anything? Because to me, it looked like he didn't do nothing. Okay. Quote of the year. I didn't see the governor do anything. Because, I mean, again, did the governor help any of the conservative candidates? Because I was just, we were just talking about, you know, what's the solution here? What does it take? I mean, you know, the problem with this whole thing is, is that if we do end up with this bipartisan coalition on both the House and the Senate, which, I mean, it's just going to be painful to watch, Right. I mean, they're going to isolate conservatives like Shower and Hughes and McCabe and others. You know, they're going to flush them over to the edges, and then they're going to just run roughshod over everybody. Well, the only person standing in the way of any kind of just essential takeover of everything is going to be the governor. He's going to be the last line of resistance. And he's about as resistant as the role of Charmin. Right? It's like trying to hold back the, the, the Tanana River with the role of Charmin. Good luck with that. Because he could have he could have stood in some of these races. I mean, if you were a governor and you wanted to build a coalition up in the legislature to help you pass an agenda, wouldn't you think that you would support candidates that would support you? He didn't help any, he didn't even help it. He didn't even hardly get out there for himself. You know, I think I saw two Governor Dunleavy ads the entire time. I mean, did he even campaign at all? 
I just, I just don't know. I mean, I do not have, I do not have a bucket full of hope that somehow Governor Dunleavy is going to be the white knight on the horse to stand up to some kind of bipartisan majority coalitions in both chambers. I just don't see him standing up to make a difference. Do you? Or is he just going to limp along, uh, playing the, you know, playing the beat dog that he's been playing the last three years? Is that what's going to happen? So, I don't know. You know? Yeah, exactly. You could file for office, not say a word, avoid questions and debates, and surely you'll get elected in Alaska, right? That's what it takes, apparently. It's, um, anyway, the whole thing is just, it's a hot mess. All right. Uh, we got all the lines open. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you, you want to tell me, you know, you want to tell me what I'm, uh, you know, where I'm at, where I'm wrong or where I'm right, what your thoughts are in this 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to ring us up and, uh, and give us a chat and just, you know, or I guess you could, you could, uh, venture spleen on what's happened this post-election cycle. I, quite honestly, I, and <clears throat> maybe this is just, you know, the accumulation of this long election season and now getting sick and everything else. And I'm just like, I just want to throw my hands up in the air and go, I've been talking about this for years. And it just seems like we never are able to make up the ground that we need to make up. It's like two steps forward, one step, 1. 1.7, 1.8, 1.9 steps back. That's what it sure feels like. Like we're talking about things like it's important, isn't it, to protect the private sector? It's important to, you know, keep government in check. All, aren't all these things important? And people go, yes, yes, yes. And then nothing happens. And you're like, huh. For some reason, I thought that there were more people with us on that kind of thought train. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just me. Uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you want to, uh, you want to hear about this or talk about it, I would love to hear what you, uh, uh, what you have to say. Um, this is why, uh, I'm just seeing some of these, uh, Yeah. This is what happens when you, uh, when the Republicans eat their own. Yes. I could see that Republicans eating their own when somebody is not a hundred percent, the Republican that you, we've seen the same thing in the libertarian party for years, right? Uh, somebody is not libertarian enough. You spend all your time tearing them down instead of trying to build coalitions with them and find common ground. You, you know, it's the same kind of thing. We've seen that whole thing. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go over here to the phones and see what you have to say. 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Charles in Fairbanks. Good morning, Charles. What's on your mind? Oh, I got another obscure reference for you. Okay. It's Karl Marx and the Red Republicans. Karl Marx helped form the Republican Party through the 1850s. Karl Marx? I'm going to have to... Yes, Karl Marx and the Red Republicans. Please look it up. 
right. I got I got knackle here. I got to get off home. All right. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate it. Red Republicans and how the what? The Lincoln, the. Okay. Interesting. Um, interesting. I've never, ever heard that. Uh, there is a book, uh, Red Republicans and Lincoln's Marxists. Marxism in the Civil War. Huh. Uh, I'd never heard of that. Uh, well, I appreciate it, Carl or uh, Charles. Thank you so much for that. I would love to uh, love to hear what you say. Uh, no, you're right. The alternates to Dunleavy were bad. I think Dunleavy is the least worst solution to what we had going on uh, in the legislature in the you know in the governor's mansion. There's no there's no doubt about it. I mean, of the ones that could have won. And I'm not counting Charlie Pierce because, again, he was a you know dark horse candidate. Uh, I voted for him just more because I like Charlie and I like his positions. And uh, I was able to do that because of ranked choice voting. So I guess that's the silver lining is I was still able to vote my, vote, vote my, my conscience and, and move on. But of the three major candidates, Dunleavy was the least worst candidate of all the ones there. That doesn't mean that he was great. It just means he was the least worst. Kirka was better than that guy. Kirka was unelectable as well. So, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to say. And the problem is, is that, uh, Kirka was, uh, was, would have told all of his people to bullet vote and not vote for Dunleavy. And then we would have ended up with Guerra or Walker. So at least we've got that done. Um, all right, 907-433-3150. If you guys would like to uh, sound off, um, we're happy to talk about it. If you want to, uh, uh, there's a couple legislators that I've seen this morning that have sent, uh, have commented. I'd love to hear what they have to say. And last here's the thing, again, this is when things get real iffy is you're like, I can't, I can't, uh, we can't talk about the, we can't talk about the organization while the organization's going on. Why can't we just talk about it in generalities? I'm not saying give me the deets on exactly what's. I'm just saying give me some generalities here. Explain the process to people so that they, so that they can understand what's going on. I'd love to hear that. Um, all right. Uh, let's go over here and uh, we'll take take the next call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Good morning. This is Bob from Fairbanks. Hey, Bob. What's on your mind? Is it a holiday today? It is not a holiday today. It was a holiday on Friday. It was Veterans Day. It's not a holiday today. I just drove 100 miles down the parks, and there isn't one foot in plowed. One road been plowed 100 miles down the parks and not a single plowed road? No, nothing. Not a foot has been plowed. Well, don't worry. They're going to take care of that here soon, I'm sure. They're on it, I'm sure. So, I got to... If we take some of this infrastructure money and move the capital... Well, um, I'm, that's a look. We've we voted to move the capital like five times already. 
Okay. Uh, it's passed three times, four times. It's failed a couple times. It's always about the money. It always becomes a big battle. I don't think we can move the capital. I just don't think that there's the political will to do any of that. Uh, I would find it hard to believe if there's enough political will to move the legislative session, which is what we've called for. Just put the session on the road system. Don't move the capital. Just hold the session on the road system. So, I mean, at this point, I'm dubious that we could get any of that done uh, at this point, quite honestly, uh, because there's just not the political will to make it happen. Are you still with me? Oh, no, we we lost the we done did lost the call. All right. Um, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We're coming up on the uh, top of the hour break. And so what we'll do is we'll just, I'll just leave the lines open and you guys can talk. We can call in and let's, let's chit chat. Whatever you want to talk about. If it's about the elections, great. At this point, if it's about something else, I'm okay with that as well. Um, we're going to start working on getting some more guests for later this week and going into uh, Thanksgiving week, which is next week, uh, which reminds me we will be off on Thursday and Friday of next week for Thanksgiving. We will not be here. Um, it will be alternate programming all the way around. And I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to take the following Monday off as well. I'm, I'm doing a lot better. I'm doing a lot better than I was, but I will be honest with you. This thing is still kicking my tail a little bit. I'm, uh, I feel better. I'm just tired. And so, uh, I may be spending a little bit more time there. All right. We got to go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based free thinking radio. Okay, well, apparently uh, had a big disconnect there. Look at that. Everything got disconnected for a second. The first rule of Fight Club. Um, Sorry, I'm just reading some of the comments here. All right, uh, let's get back into it. Control of the legislature, says Brian. I don't know what we're talking about, Brian, but good luck with that. Control of the legislature. Uh, we got uh, one line on hold, uh, which we can get to here in a moment. Let me, uh, we'll take some of those, we'll take some of those calls and see what you guys have to say about this. Let's go over here and see who's with us and uh, where they're calling from. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Ray at North Pole. Hello, Ray. Hold the line, sir. You'll be first up when we return from the queue or from the commercial break. We'll be back uh, with you here in just a minute, Ray. Okay. Um, control the, oh, making ranked choice voting going away, controlling the, I mean, that's the thing. That's what, what's, what's going to make, if you want ranked choice voting to go away, you're going to need 
to control the legislature. And so here we have a bunch of people who have been elected due to the vagaries of ranked choice voting. They are a lot less likely to cede their power away, don't you think? I mean, I think that's a that's a big uh, big thing. Um, <clears throat> are you tired of cake yet? I don't know. I haven't had any cake yet. Um, hopefully we can at least get enough votes in the legislature through ranked choice. So it's more, no, it's not. again, it's not going to happen. Not when you've got people like Kathy Giesel who are about to take it because of ranked choice voting. Right. I mean, they're just, there's no, there's just not, there's not an ranked choice voting is going to be here. I mean, the first, when we saw, you know, when we saw Kelly Merrick win, and, um, you know, and, and, uh, Roger Holland teetering on the brink here and, uh, uh, you know, all these, that was it. There's not going to be anything against ranked choice voting because it's helping them maintain the power base. I mean, we would not have a Lisa Murkowski race if there hadn't been ranked choice voting. They're going to fight for this all the way through folks. That's what's going to happen. They're going to fight for it all the way through. The possibility of ranked choice voting going away is between slim and none, and slim just left town. That's that's it. That's what it's going to have to happen. Um, can we please have Natasha? Uh, can, can we please have Natasha back as well? At least we'd have good sound bites. Well, that's, that's true. That is, that is true. That is true for sure. Oh, if it's not reversed this session, will people revolt? No, people are not going to revolt, Richard. I mean, it'd be nice to think that they're going to revolt, but they're not going to revolt. I mean, look at what just happened to this election. You would think that there would be a revolution about it in the, but look at what just happened. I mean, it's no, it's not, there's not going to be a revolt. Can't we start our own initiative to get it out? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that, uh, the permanent fund invested millions of dollars in FTX and of course, FTX just went bankrupt over the weekend, multi-billion dollar bankruptcy. Um, how much do the permanent fund have in there? By the way, the permanent fund was investing in FTX and FTX was in turn being, it was the second largest uh, contributor to democratic causes around the country. How, how, how does that work again? How does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hot mess. <clears throat> it is a hot, hot mess. So I don't know why we think anything was going to, to change, change at that point. The permanent fund um, through Sequoia Capital, uh, and uh, they marked down the investments in FTX to zero. They had $200 million in uh, Sequoia's Global Growth Fund, which was part of FTX. $200 million. 
now all gone the way of the dodo because of FTX. Boy, now I need a nap. And now I need a nap. That's what it feels like right there. All right, do me a favor. Like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Feel free to get it all done. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty Base. Free Thinking Radio. Let's get going here. Hour two dead ahead. We'll see what you have to say. Up next, Ray in North Pole is up first. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or <clears throat> FM translator, it is the Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to hour two of the big radio broadcast. We're just still kind of uh, going over the results of the uh, of the election and, of course, now the discussions on organization for the legislature and what the coming year is going to look like. And, um, uh, you know, look, I'm not trying to be too dauber down here. I'm trying to be realistic at some point and realize, oof, whatever it is that we're doing, it's not working. That however we're doing it, whatever we're doing, it's just not working. Uh, because here we are, all the candidates, the conservative candidates that were doing a pretty damn good job seem to, a lot of them seem to have gotten kicked to the curb. And those that I thought uh, had a clear chance of winning are now on the outside looking in. And the word on the street is, is that the bipartisan coalition in the Senate that is already formed, and they're just, they're not, they haven't announced it yet because they don't want to announce it till after the, but it's particularly, in, and, and it was uh, intentionally made to isolate Mike Shower and Shelley Hughes out in the cold. That's a, I mean, what? What, so they want a binding caucus. That was the two the two points I'm hearing that they wanted from this uh, from this new coalition is that they wanted a binding caucus and they wanted to isolate Mike Shower and Shelley Hughes. Okay, there you go. I mean that's that's pretty much it. So what we're doing is not working. So how do we fix it? Uh, let's see if Ray's got any answers. Ray is in Fairbanks uh, up in North Pole. Um, let's see what he has to say. Good morning, Ray. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just want to comment that uh, when I 
Palin had jumped in the race. I knew she was going to split the vote, and I told everybody that, and that's exactly what happened. And that's why we got stuck with Mary Petula. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, again. And uh, Kelly Kibata. Yeah. She should have gotten elected, but they lies about her. And uh, and you look at Murkowski and how many billions of dollars that she's helping Democrats launder and put in their own pockets. And uh, it just, uh, and, and she's had Chucky Schumer uh, backing Murkowski. Just shows right there the corruption. And I just wanted to comment on that. Uh, thank you. All right. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate you calling in. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> We, I said that early on, Mark Begich was already there. He was ready to go. Sarah Palin was in it for the glory. Um, it really was more about, to me, it looked to be more about, uh, you know, managing the brand than anything else and getting that, that pop in people's minds again, than it was about, um, you know, really running for the state and protecting the state. Now you can be all bent out of shape about that, but I've said that from the very beginning. It's one of the reasons why I, she was so low on my voter list, right? I mean, I voted for her third because it was just, there was just no way. Mark Begich had already been running for what, six, eight months when, by the time that she decided to run into the, jump into the race after the death of Don Young, this is again, a classic Republican problem. We don't, you know, we don't look at it and say, oh, we've got a good candidate in there. I'll support that candidate. We say, oh, I've seen they've got a good candidate in there. I bet I could do better than them. And then they just jump in anyway. And then they split the vote. And then we end up with a Democratic candidate, uh, you know, from the get-go. I mean, that's that's where we're at right now. That's, you know, this this is this is classic, classic. Republicanism, where they circle the wagons and they shoot the hell out of each other every time. Shoot the wagons and and circle. And the same thing is happening. We saw the same thing happening in the race for like uh, for uh, uh, Kevin McCabe. You know, they didn't like one thing that he did um, on, uh, you know, something. And so then you've got a local gun rights organization that throws out everything that they just didn't agree with the way he did one thing. So then they label him as a gun grabber, which is not factually accurate, but you know, the, we, we we're going to spend money. We're going to, we're going to run campaigns. We're going to, we're going to try and, and disembowel the one candidate who's been in there trying to fight on things. And, uh, and we'll do that on top of that. Of course, you got the left out there, you know, weaponizing everybody from code enforcement officers to property tax assessors and everything else. And, uh, you know, people with purity tests on how conservative you are versus everything else. I mean, it's, it's no wonder. I, I'm surprised that we've got done as well as we have in the past. Because again, we can't keep pulling. We, I mean, I, I am, I'm a huge fan of Let's inch the ball along back towards the direction that we need to go, right? Let's inch the ball along back towards the direction that we need to go. Even if it's, you know, half a yard, we're going to try and move the ball down the field. 
It, it may not be as far as we want. It may not be the Hail Mary deep 40-yard pass. It may be a half a yard carry across the line of scrimmage. I don't know. I mean, I'm using all these sports metaphors. You know it's bad when I'm using sports metaphors, right? But, you know, we're at least moving the ball in that direction. But what we get is we get a bunch of people who who uh, who are not happy at the way any of these things are going on. Um, Nick Baggage. Did I say Mark Baggage again? Thanks, Dave. Uh, I said Nick Baggage. I said Mark Baggage, not Nick Baggage. I apologize. Freudian slip. But <clears throat> this is where we're at. So you tell me, what is it going to take? to try and bring the size and scope of government in the state of Alaska back to heel. We are currently spending $15,000 for every man, woman, and child in this state on state government. And all we heard during the entire election campaign was how it was not the powers, the people that have won, the, the cadres and the groups of people who have uh, who were successful or appear to have been successful thus far in the elections, based on the numbers we're seeing right now, are the ones that have been saying, we are just not spending enough. That's the problem. We're not spending enough on the schools, on the children, on the government. I mean, we are spending... for every family of four, but it's not enough. So, what is the answer? What is the answer? What is it going to take for people to wake up and say, well, that's enough. That's, no, wait a minute. (laughs) Right? What is it going to take? Is it going to take a complete and total, um, you know, evaporation and extinction of the permanent fund dividend? Is it going to take an income tax on top of that because nobody has an interest in cutting back on the size and scope of government? Nobody has an interest on taking and tackling all the things that were talked about by the fiscal policy working group, right? Size and scope of government, the cuts, reformulation of oil taxes so that we get a few hundred million more a year. You know, changes to the permanent fund structure itself. I mean, nobody nobody wants to talk about any of those things. Uh, So what is it going to take? Well, the answer is more. More, 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 more. That's what it's going to take. Apparently, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it's what it's going to take. I I thought I quite honestly thought that people were at a. Uh, I thought people were at a sticking point this go around, but nope, they're okay. That's why Kelly Merrick is is uh, is well ahead. That's why you know Roger Holland, solid choice. You know, that's why he's potentially in the wind here. 
It's why a lot of these other races where I thought it was pretty well in hand, they turned out to not be pretty well in hand. And instead, the more moderate members, the more pro-government spend, the we're going to give you a reasonable PFD, we're going to give you whatever's left over crowd, the crowd supported by the unions and the teachers and all that kind of stuff, that's, I I guess that's what it's going to take. So the problem is, is, uh, and I think I'm going to go back to this again and again, as we rehash this, uh, this debate, I'm sure we'll be having this discussion for quite a while as we rehash the election potentials and everything else. Almost all of these, these problems can go right back to the lack of leadership and resilience within the Republican Party. They, that, it's, it's the problem. That's the problem. Um, because we can't, you know, because we did not uh, take a strong stance against some of these Republicans back in, I mean, hell, back in the original Muskox coalition days, Right. I mean, when we got, was it the muskrat? Muskox. Muskox coalition days. Some of those things were solved by the electorate themselves, but the party was sure as hell never going to take a stand and say, well, you can't, you can't do, you know, I mean, look at what's happened. Click Bishop censured by his own part, by his own district, and then endorsed or supported financially by the Republican party as a whole. I mean, there are there again, there are no consequences to actions, no consequences whatsoever. If there are no consequences, then what does it matter? If there's no consequences, then they can do whatever they want, put whatever label they want on their lapel, cater to that uh, crowd and uh, and be able to draw them all in. And then if they don't follow those, no big deal. Right? No big deal. Like I said, to me, the biggest issue still remains a lack of leadership on that side of the fence. Um, you don't you don't you don't see a lot of these problems on the democratic side of this situation like that. You don't see that. Um, probably because they wouldn't put up with it. You know, that's part of the problem. All right. Um, we got to go. We're going to uh, continue. Phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you want to sound off, we'd love to hear what you have to say. We'll return in a minute, right after this. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show.
Well, that was a hunt and peck for a second, wasn't it? All right. I just <laughs> was reaching out there, accidentally unplugged something. Uh, okay. Let's see what you guys... Guess I can only buy Folgers coffee next year instead of North Pole coffee, said Chris. Oh, man. Abortion drew a lot of people to the polls. I guess abortion is more important to a lot of people than the skyrocketing cost of food and fuel. I think to some people, you're right. It is. Uh, Sean says it hurts on YouTube. It hurts when you see government eating off your plate instead of taking it before it hits the table. Yeah, exactly. Um, Harold is right. Nobody likes the real, quote-unquote, real Republicans. They don't seem to stand for anything. No. That's the, the, the mainstream, whatever it is to get your vote. That's what it is. And protect, and protect the government spend. A marked inability to offer a vision. Um. Um, let's see. Third world country with a zip code. Ow, Sean's like, Alaska's a third world country with a zip code. Oof. Um, um, Bishop chartered planes flew into the villages and handed out berry buckets with his logo on him, on it. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, it's, it's frustrating for sure to watch all that stuff. I mean, a hundred percent frustrating for sure. Um, uh, oh, slang blade. Somebody said sling blade. Uh, baggage is going to do something right off to aggravate us. Mark my words. Why would baggage do something to aggravate you, Robbie? Uh, as nut, here's a good here's a good comment right here. As nuts as the Democrats and their ideology is, the one thing that they do is stick together and pick and back their pick to the bitter and end. Prime example: Sling Blade in Pennsylvania. Republicans need to cut the infighting, back a strong candidate, and stay focused on that. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. That you could disagree with the Democrats, but they sure have gotten good at the kumbaya, getting all behind one candidate. You hardly ever see a race. Uh, I guess prior to ranked choice voting, you hardly ever saw a race with multiple candidates in there trying to kill each other from the same party that were Democrats. I mean, you you hardly ever saw that. It was a rare, rare occasion. It was always the Republicans that the ones that were doing their, you know, banging their heads on this. Um, they censored McConnell and they censored Murkowski, but nothing happens. You're right, Michael. Nothing happens. Does it matter? I mean, we pretend like all this outrage and everything else is, I mean, you know, even uh, even with the uh, the censor, you know, even when it came down to the censorship of Mitch McConnell by all these different districts and organizations and everything else, and the Alaska Republican Party didn't even mention the fund by name. It's like they wouldn't even call people out. They wouldn't even, you know. There's no outrage about it. 
uh, Fields versus Drummond. That was a redistricting thing. And as I said, Barbara, it was pre-ranked choice voting. You very rarely saw those kind of things happening. I mean, I could also say the Forrest, uh, uh, the Forrest Dunbar and Garantar thing. It happens, right? But mostly you hardly ever see two Democrats going for the same prize. Unless in like in that case, it was a redistricting thing. All right. We got to go. <clears throat> Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Here we go. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. We got uh, lines open if you would like to sound off this morning. We're just kind of commiserating and uh, commiserating with uh, each other on what's taking place and, um, you know, trying to figure out if being in the minority opinion, which apparently those of us who, you know, this program, the philosophies of this program are the minority, um, the minority philosophy. I mean, hence why all the candidates that we would have supported got kicked to the curb, right? The majority of them. Um, the question is, what do, you know, how do we fix it? How do we change the perception? How do we educate the people uh, on our point? How do we make a persuasive argument to those that disagree with us or those who just don't know? How do we make a persuasive argument to fix these things? I, I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to assess here. All I know is that as we look at it right now, and we look at the size and scope of government in the state of Alaska, we continue to spend much more than we take in. We continue to draw from the permanent fund. We continue to protect uh, government expenditures at at the expense of the private sector. And we've got oodles of people who are out there saying that the answer is not that we're spending too too much, is that we're spending too little. Right? I mean, that was a common refrain during the election, especially when it came time to talk about things like school spending. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're ranked 49th and 50th, not because we already spend more on schools than almost any other state in the nation. We're just not spending enough. If we wanted those scholastic achievement scores to go up, we'd just spend more money. Wouldn't matter. The money would be immaterial. We'd spend whatever it took. 
I mean, except for the fact that it's proven that what we're doing right now is obviously not working. I mean, again, we're spending more than almost any other state in the nation on schooling. And it's still not working. So is the answer really more money? I mean, we're, we've been in a, uh, uh, we, we, we've been in a recession for how long? And then a COVID post, you know, a COVID economy and then a post COVID economy. I mean, what is it going to, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we need to vote harder and spend harder and spend more. Maybe we should just give all the money to the government and let them decide because they're obviously, you know, that's, that's what we need to do. So I guess what I'm saying is as we watch these things and we've talked about them and everything else is that people are just not, I mean, I guess people are just not paying attention or is it that they are not, uh, I mean, were they, were they convinced by the election messaging, by the advertising? Or are people just so frustrated, they just kind of throw their hands up in the air and just, you know, vote for whatever. They go in, pull the lever, walk out. Well, I did my duty. I mean, I didn't do the due diligence on anything, but I went in there and pulled the lever for somebody. You know, it it is difficult not to be, Herder says, it's truly difficult not to be discouraged. It is difficult not to be discouraged. I agree. But... What we got to do is figure out what went wrong or what is, and we just got to figure out how, how do we change, you know, how do we change the messaging? How do we continue to talk about this in a way that encourages more discussion amongst people who maybe don't agree with us or don't even know what the, I mean, again, I think reaching more into the middle and in the moderate section, just like I was talking about with Firearms Friday, you know, Firearms Friday is not for pro-gun people. It's for those people who are ambivalent, slightly pro-gun, slightly anti-gun. That's what it's for. It's for people there in the middle. Maybe we need to get better at bridging the gap and reaching into the more moderate populace that we continue to ignore. And instead, we're just shouting at. Right? Maybe we should be less concerned about feeding meat to the base on the fringes and instead find a way to find common ground with those people in the middle because they're the ones that are exercising the political power right now. All right, let's uh, go over here to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Um, Kathy from the peninsula. Hello, Kathy. There's an echo. I'm sorry, Kathy. Um, you're going to have to so deal I with have it. The, I have the solution. Okay. Okay. This is what you need to do. It's the people that are independent and libertarians and Alaska independent or whatever they call themselves. How often do they go to a meeting? I don't know. You know, for, uh, with their party. Right, right, right. Most of them, yeah, most of the people in the middle are not party-driven, right. Okay. The Republican people go at least once a month. Have a meeting once a month. 
And so those people who are, they're uneducated. Because I had a friend who met with someone who had an R behind their name on the Kenina Peninsula that was not endorsed by the Republican Party. And they said everything they wanted to hear. And so I gave her the paperwork of Ron and all the things he did. And she was like, I was so uneducated to ask the right questions. <laughs> she, she didn't. And I said, yeah, you were. Yeah, she didn't have and the right And she was going to vote for that person. Right. Well, I mean, again, because it's, it's very so simple. So when I educate her. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I mean, I... I so that's what I'm saying. How often do you go to a meeting? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I mean, that's the problem. Is it? I, I said earlier, we have voters that they feel like their duty is to go vote, but they don't ever do any of the footwork or the due diligence ahead of time to look at their candidate, you know, to look at the actual voting record. They don't want to be involved in all that stuff. They figured they shuffle that off to somebody else. And so all they do is they listen to the rhetoric on the campaign trail or the advertisements or whatever, and they just pull a lever. They don't even know, as you said, which question, which questions to ask. That's right. But the Republican party knows. So so we're trying to, uh, these independents and all these other people, we're trying to educate them. Right. Because they, they never go to a meeting. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's a battle that we're, it's a battle that we're facing and it's a battle that we're going to have to keep fighting. I don't know. I, I don't know how to, uh, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else we could do at this point. That's why I'm asking. What do you think is the solution, Kathy? Well, well, those two people that may have won on the Kenan Peninsula were not endorsed by the Republican Party. Right. So people need to get educated. Yeah. Well, that's... And, like, what are you? Are you an independent? Is I'm that li- what you are? I'm, yeah, I'm just an undeclared libertarian. I'm just undeclared. Okay. How often do you go to a meeting with the undeclared... Oh, a couple times a year I meet with folks. Never, right? They have meetings? I mean, yeah, group, groups of folks who have like-minded, they do have meetings. I've met with libertarians. I've met with some of the AIP people. Um, we talk about stuff on the program every day here. We try and have a meeting every day right here on the program to discuss it. Well, you're not reaching out to the ones who... I mean, I think most of the people that listen to you are the Republicans. Oh, I think that there's definitely a big chunk of Republicans that listen for sure, yeah. But there's also a lot of independents who listen. But anyway, that's where I see the problem. If people don't go to meetings. Well, I, I don't know. It's is the go- same one. Well, I don't, know is, I don't know is going to meetings. I think the answer is is to educate yourself. Now, whether that entails going to meetings or not, you have to be educated. I, I think you have to educate yourself on the issues and you have to understand it. I would agree with you on that. I don't think that that necessarily translates to you didn't go to enough meetings. I, I, I don't think that's the point. Um, I think showing that people that go when to meetings. they meeting, didn't get educated enough. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, going to the park for ten minutes talking to one of these people is is not enough. Okay. Get yourself educated. All right, Kathy. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off, we'd love to hear uh, what you have to say. Uh, let's go over here and uh, take the next call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, good morning, Michael. My name is Adam. I'm calling from Homer. How are you doing? Good morning, Adam. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I just had to uh, kind of call in and talk about what you were saying on the Republican Party and lack of the leadership of the issues that we're having. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that's part of the problem, you know, myself. I'm just having a hard time coming to grips with the this entire election process. And you mean the your the election process through ranked choice voting or just this whole last election results or what? This entire last election, actually the last couple of elections, it's like the the apathy of the average Alaskan is just beyond my comprehension. They just they don't seem to really care about what's happening to the state, what's happening to our budget. Um the, the people that do care are so partisan and stuck in the duopoly mindset that they, you know, all they can see is Republican or Democrat. Right. Well, I, I think that's part of it, don't you? I mean, that, you know, people who don't seem to care or who are apathetic, a lot of times they're just burned out with the fighting from the edges, right? From the the far left, the far right or whatever they're, I mean, it's the polarization is what's killing them. And so they just want to go in and pull a lever and walk out and be done with it. I think that's part of it, don't you? Well, definitely, that's part of it. The Sorry, I'm getting this weird echo feedback on my phone here. I'm having a hard time stringing together a sentence. Well, hold the earpiece away from your phone while you talk, and that'll help you. Well, I'm actually on my phone right now. I'm, uh, I'm not even on my truck, but I just, I, I totally feel your pain. I've been listening here for last year and a half or so, and, and I've never called in. I'm a hardcore libertarian or libertarian, But I just I, I'm I'm having a hard time placing the blame of this on the Republican leadership when they're just as to blame with the state of our state as the Democrats or anyone else. No, I mean I would say the only reason that I'm saying yeah, that the Republicans no no I would say the only reason that I'm saying that the Republicans um, bear some leadership blame is that some of the problems that we've seen over the last couple of years, again, some of these candidates wandering off the reservation, some of these elected officials, you know, <clears throat> going against what the party platform stands for. Gary Stevens. Yeah, Gary Stevens and the Louise Stutes and the Kelly Merricks of the world that and, and even the Click Bishops. And even when their local districts censure them, there's no ramifications at the at the party level, at the you know at the higher levels, at the state levels, and that's what my complaint has been. With there's no consequences, then what does it matter? 
that's what I'm saying is 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 where the 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 lack of leadership and failure that is there is because of those kind of things. If they're not totally to blame, but it is definitely a big factor in my opinion. Sure. Well, yeah, and and I guess the that just sounds more to me like we're just trying to get more staunch duopoly instead of allowing folks to kind of branch out and vote their conscience. But I I, I totally hear you. I'm like, I'm having a hard time even just thinking straight because I'm so disgusted. No problem. Well, Hey, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being part of the show today and thanks for listening and thanks for calling in for the first time. Um, all right, we've got a couple more lines on hold, but we are up against the break, so I need to I need to take that real quickly, and we will be back with more here in just a moment. It is the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you want to get in the queue, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Back with more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, uh, in the break right now, one line on hold. Let's go over there real quick and see if we can uh, get their name and where they're calling from. And uh, we'll get them ready for the return to radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. This is Jeff from Minana. Hey, Jeff. Uh, you want to hold the line here, and I will be. I'll be right back to you, um, and uh, we can. Uh, we'll, we'll have your discussion uh, real quick. Do you have to do me a favor, though? If you're on a regular telephone, just kind of hold the phone, the earpiece away from your ear while you're talking. It'll help with the echo. I don't know why it's echoing today, but uh, <clears throat> sometimes technology is not my friend. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, just as you're talking, you can, uh, you know, hold the phone. Uh, I don't know if you need to hold that out in front of you so you can't hear the earpiece or whatever. I know it's hard when you're hearing your own voice sometimes to uh, uh, to form a cohesive thought. So just hold on, hold on the thing there. Um, all right. Um, wow. Boom. Let's just fix that real quick. So, so uh. I just uh, I just nuked somebody in the uh, uh, I just <clears throat> just nuked somebody on YouTube there because they were uh, they were spamming the room when I wasn't looking. All right, um, I didn't vote on judges this time around because I had no clue about any of them and spent too much time reading about House and Senate, et cetera. Said Daniel, uh, you know, and so what I did. Because uh, I'm with you on that, I did not research each and every judge. I just voted not to retain them. I figured uh, if I didn't know enough and I couldn't justify their retention, then I would vote against retaining them. That was a lot of no's. <laughs> that was a lot of no's. Let's be honest, as Mike Conk, censuring a candidate and playing off that remain really means nothing to 98% of the voters. It's like showing off your participation ribbon. 
Okay. Then why even be part of a party as well? Then why even care about an endorsement from a party? If, if none of it really matters, if it's all just like whose line is it anyway, where the, the, you know, the rules are made up and the points don't count, then why even be part of a party? Right? Why even be part of a party? If that's it, it and, and what does it matter again, <clears throat> if, uh, if censorship or endorsement doesn't matter, then why should people even be involved? Right? Why should people even be involved? Why should they give money to these organizations if it's not supposed to be, you know, again, this is a club. The Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the, you know, the parties are clubs. They are social clubs. They're supposed to have social contracts and, and bylaws and lines and platforms that they live by. And so if it doesn't matter, then why? Why? <clears throat> anyway, um, interesting. Uh, but again, if it doesn't matter, if the, if the, uh, if it really means nothing to 98% of the voters, why even have parties at all? If we're not supposed to be playing by the rules of the club, why have platforms? If they fall off the platform and don't support it, then why, why have them? That's the, that's the whole thing. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, 907-433-3150, um, I'm just, I'm scrolling through some of the comments here. Um, if you don't educate yourself on candidates or propositions, you probably should really consider not voting. Yeah, but you can't say. You can't say, yes, I would agree with you, but you can't tell people you haven't educated yourself so you can't vote. Even the ignorant can vote. And that's part of the problem. That is part of the problem. Um, uh, it's way easier to get on a conservative show and complain about a Republican taking an airplane ride with a bunch of Republicans. I don't know what we're talking about there. Oh, unless it was, I guess... Uh, Click Bishop flying to the bush. Is that what we're talking about? <clears throat> Borough assemblies, and this is this is also true. Jim, I think, is 100% right on this. Borough assemblies and city councils have been progressive for years, and that philosophy has moved to the state level. And that's what I've been, I've been decrying for years, that uh, as we watch the local assemblies and city councils march more and more towards the blue side of the spectrum, we're going to see more and more of that in the state. And I've often said, quit focusing on the national stuff and start focusing on the local stuff, because otherwise, this is what you're going to get. This is not rocket surgery, folks. You could see the progression. Yeah. Uh, and Tyler said, I'm sorry, but did this lady just say independent and libertarians are uneducated? They're typically the most knowledgeable. Is she kidding? Well, again, and I don't think you have to have meetings to be able to prove how on the ball you are. You know what I mean? Here we go.
All right, we're continuing now. One final segment uh, left of the show today. We're going to start off with uh, Jeff, who is down in Nenana, uh, outside of uh, Fairbanks there. Good morning, Jeff. What uh, What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Michael. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that citizenship is a participation sport. That what is a participation but, sport? I'm sorry. You're not taking into account. Yeah, there's a horrible echo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hold the phone away from your ear while you're talking and tell me what was a participation sport? Citizenship. Citizenship. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, what you're not taking into account is that all these, uh, you got two uh, people raising a family and scrambling to pay their. $1,700 a month, rents, food, $5 a gallon gasoline, and uh, they don't have time. They're just scrambling. They're just busy all the time, and that's why you're getting the ignorance. Yeah, people who are so busy making a living that they can't figure out what's going on in life because they're struggling just to make a living. That's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Uh, that's what a lot of these people are, they're not taking into account. Uh, I could, I could just use my children as a, as an example. So what you're saying is they're busy with their nose to the grindstones. They're busy with their nose to the grindstone. So they're not taking the time to educate themselves and do that. Um, I would make this argument, Jeff, that it's because it's not as much as a priority. They don't understand what the long-term ramifications are, that they could take the time to do it. It doesn't take that much to educate yourself on some of these things. A little reading, an hour a week of reading of what's going on and the stories and the news and, you know, that kind of stuff, listening or talking to people. But it's just not that big a priority. And many of them, I would even argue, have intentionally not learned because, they um, are so turned off by the political machinations of it, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, they could learn if they wanted to, if they took it the time and they prioritized it. But for many of them, it's distasteful because they're sick and tired of it. It feels like it's going nowhere. Well, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that, the, uh, the negative ads and, and whatnot. Don't make for a, a pleasurable voting experience <laughs> right. uh, but like i said they're working hard they're they're scrambling you know they've got their children they, there's just no time there's just no time and yeah i think that's part of the yeah all right well uh jeff thank you for calling in uh jeff thank you for calling in i appreciate it and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing from you again in the future thanks for being part of it today uh, let me go over here, uh, take another call and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is April from North Pole. Hello, April. What's on your mind? I was just calling about the call Jeff had there, and I wanted to let him know that uh, people could scroll things that educate them on Facebook, 
and they could maybe read the newspaper, listen to the radio while they're driving to work. Just like you just said, it's kind of a choice to remain ignorant of what's happening around you. I have 10 kids. I have a job. I'm very busy and I stay informed. Right. Well, it's a prioritization thing, right? Some people just feel like the politics are not a priority and so they don't make it so, so they don't educate and so they don't do it. Now, we could argue that, yes, people who are busy and busy making a living, they, <clears throat> you know, they they have more of a reason not to. Uh, but I would argue that they have more of a reason to get invested and to get educated about it because they're trying to make the best decision. If you only get to pull the lever once, you got to make the best decision possible, not just kind of go with the flow. So it it is indicative. I mean, we have a responsibility to do that. We have a responsibility to get educated on those things. And many people don't. I mean, the term low information voter is there for a reason because it's a truth that many people just don't even care to get educated about it. Sure. And just like the lady who called earlier, um, who was saying, do you go to meetings? Do you go to meetings? Do you go to meetings? You don't have to go to meetings. Um, I mean, I sometimes go to meetings, but it, it's more important to just engage with your neighbors. Even if you don't know everything, you know that one person who maybe does know a lot and you have similar values. And all you have to do is while you're taking your kids to soccer or hockey, just have that chat. Instead of talking about what you watched on TV last night, take two minutes to say, hey, what's going on with the school board? What's going on with the assembly? Do you know something about that? It's just really not a good excuse to say you don't have time to be informed. Because right, everyone right. has those 10 minutes a day. Right. No, exactly. I mean, I agree with that. I, I think you're you're 100% right. We make the choice to do that, and it's too easy to get... Uh, you know, it's too easy to get sidetracked and just, well, I mean, people just throw up their hands because they're sick of seeing it 24-7. Again, this is one of the reasons why I have said we need to stop focusing on what's going on on the national and instead focus on, like you said, your school boards, your PTAs, your your road service areas, your, you know, focus on that because you can affect that. You can't affect what's going on in Washington. Yeah, the road service area. Goodness, good one. We had a road service area election, and five people voted in it, in 170 people in our subdivision. Five people voted. Yeah, but I bet 100 of them would complain if you decided to change something without their, you know, uh, that, that's the thing. People have got to get educated, and they've got to get engaged. And I don't know how to, it's always been a small portion, uh, it's always been a small portion of the electorate that has, um uh, that has moved the needle, so to speak, in many of those, a small percentile, we've got to be able to uh, encourage people to go out there. That's what I want to do. I want to get people engaged. And I don't know how to do it any more than what I've been doing over the last 20 years. If anybody else has any other suggestions, I would love to hear it. Yeah, I don't have any suggestion except for if you know something, share it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your call. I appreciate you calling in this morning and being part of the show. Thank you. Uh, all right. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. I would love to hear uh, what you guys have to say. I'd uh, love to talk about uh, any of this. Um, we are... Uh, 
Yeah. Richard says, read something on your phone when you're pooping in the morning. I mean, it's all about prioritization, right? I mean, that's wasted time right there. You've got your phone, read a newspaper article about something that's happening in your state. Um, David says, so many folks in the general populace just don't seem to care enough to be involved or go vote. It's discouraging. Politic does uh, does affect everyone, whether they want it to be or not. Elections have consequences. Yes, but people are so, I think, burnt on everything that's going on. That's part of the problem. Quickly here, I got time for one more quick call. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name's Terry Lyons, and I live in Wasilla. Hi, Terry, quickly. I finally got so mad during the 2020 election, I determined I was going to learn everything I could about politics. I went to meetings, I talked to politicians, and I just got out there and got myself educated. And if I didn't know something, I would call somebody to find out about it. And I think people are just going to have to get more upset to get motivated, yeah. to get out there like I did and get educated. I think and you're that's my two cents. Yeah, no, I think you're right. If you can't motivate, then you irritate. That's the old axiom, right? If you can't motivate, then irritate. And I think that's what's going to have to happen. A lot of people are going to have to get irritated. Folks, we're out of time. Thank you, Terry, for your call. We will see you tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind, love one another, live well. All right. Uh, let's do one more call. I got one more call on hold. Let's, uh, let's go to them. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yes, this is Bonnie in North Pole. Hello, Bonnie. What's on your mind? Chris Bye was a very good candidate. Oh, yes. Why was he not supported more? Well, it's what happens when you're a third party candidate. You don't endorse, you don't you're not endorsed by any of the things. He didn't he didn't spend a fraction of the money that anybody else did. He was a great candidate. But I'm just saying if 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 people want to you know, be part of that party and they want to elect him, then they have to spend money to, uh, to, you know, campaign for him. Yep. Well, again, when you're, uh, (laughs) when you're the small L libertarian, that's, uh, that's what, that's kind of what happens, Bonnie. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, calling in. We are out of time, folks. I will see you tomorrow. Brad Keithley, Chris Story, the Michael Luke show. Common Sense Radio. Share, like, follow, do all that stuff.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs>